Hi, I'm Dave Island, the Wildlife Man. Welcome to another Wildlife Man podcast. This week's story is a story about my old dog called Shek, my best friend. And we were diving off these big cliffs off Mali many years ago. And it was a really, really rough sea. A big storm came. And my beautiful dog, my best friend, he fell overboard off the dive boat. And it just absolutely broke my heart. Now for my story on how I lost my best friend, my dog Shek. How I lost Shek at sea. Now Shek had been with me for three, four years by the time I opened Cronulla Dive Shop where I was to teach scuba diving. Now Shek did some pretty strange and embarrassing things. He had a bad habit that sometimes he'd get out of the dive shop and he'd go walking down Cronulla Street or he'd walk in the park. And if there were garbage bins that people had had a picnic, he'd knock them over and he'd look for something that he wanted to eat. Often any leftover sausages from a barbecue or whatever. He'd do that. This particular day, I'd been invited to go to Cronulla High School and do a lecture about marine animals. And I often did that. So I'd turn up with a slide projector with all lots of photos I'd taken and I would get up on the stage in front of the whole school and I'd tell stories about encounters I'd had as a diving instructor and a spearfisherman. Encounters with wobbegong sharks and groper and turtles and whatever. Anyway, uh, at Cronulla High, I had the whole school. I think it must have been 700 kids in the main hall. And I'm up on the stage and I'm showing slides and I'm telling stories and I've got them all in my hand. They're all, all listening, all these kids. Meanwhile, Shek, which was in my truck, I had the window down a bit to let air in. He managed to get out. And he walked around the school and knocked over a few bins that had school lunches or whatever and ate too much. Then he's picked up my scent. So I'm in the middle of this presentation to... 700, 800 kids, going really well. And Shek walks straight down the aisle between all the kids in the main assembly hall and comes up the steps to my feet. And all the kids are like, wow. And then Shek vomits on my feet. Throws up. The the kids go nuts. They think it is wonderful. I just keep a deadpan face. And I just said in the microphone, I trained my dog to do that, to give you a laugh. <laughs> Sheck did some really crazy stuff sometimes. But now let's get back to him getting lost at sea. My first dive boat was called Albatross. It was an old timber fishing trawler. 
And it wasn't that good a boat. It was all I could afford at the time. And Sheck used to always come with me on the boat. He was basically my shadow. And he used to love running around the gunnels and mostly he spent his time up on the bow. The gunnels were only fairly narrow, but he was very sure-footed and he was good on the boat. Loved being on the boat every time I took divers out to sea. This particular day, I had four divers doing their last dive in an advanced dive course. And they were connected with the police and they only had that one last day and then they were off, they were back to Canberra, the ACT or whatever. So I had to finish their course that day. But I wasn't that happy because when I looked at the sky, I could see those little puffy clouds coming from the south. And that to me means there's a southerly buster coming, a storm. But I figured I had, I had the time to get out, do the one hour dive and get back safely. So I packed up the boat, we had the dive tanks on board and four divers and out we go. And we, we go out through Port Hacking River and we head south along the big cliffs of the Royal National Park. About half a kilometre down, I drop the pick. And I anchor off a place I call Kanji Rock because it was covered in Kanji and it dropped down to about 50 feet. It was a wonderful dive because the whole seabed was sponges, a beautiful sponge gun, a great place for a last dive for advanced divers. And the bottom even shelved down to about 70, 80 feet, which was perfect for those sort of depths, perfect for an advanced dive course. But when I dropped the pick, I'm looking up at the sky and I could see those little puffy clouds coming quicker. And I figure there's going to be a southerly, it's going to be a storm. I should be able to do a 40 minute dive and get back inside Port Hacking without much trouble. So I put extra rope out. That way if the, the anchor pulls out, out of the reef, it'll still have plenty of chain there to weigh it down and eventually it'll hook up somewhere else. I want to make sure the boat is there when I get back after the dive. I didn't have anyone on board back in those days. It was just me and the four divers. So in we go, and Sheck's left on the boat. And we're down for about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and I can start to feel movement, even at depth. And it wasn't that clear, so I couldn't really see the surface. So we start heading back towards where the anchor was. And what had happened is that southerly had hit. About a 40, 50 knot southerly storm had hit the coastline. And the surface had gone absolutely nuts because when we first went in, we had a southerly current and we had a groundswell coming from the north. So when the southerly storm hit, You've got wind coming one direction and you've got the swell and the current coming the other direction. The chop literally stands up. So the boat is tossing and turning and tossing and tossing. And what happened is the anchor pulled out and the boat drifted maybe 20 yards before it hooked up again. 
while it's drifting, the boat is sideways to the wind and the chop. So now, instead of just riding it out fairly smooth like that, the boat is pitching this way and also that way and going crazy. Finally, when it hooks up again, the anchor takes hold, the boat anchors into the wind, no problem. But when it was doing this, that's when my dog must have fallen overboard. Now I got the divers into the boat. The southerly is really screaming now. It's just all white water and it's very dangerous. I got them to get out of their dive gear, out of their buoyancy vests and put life jackets on before I motored forward and pulled up that anchor. I didn't even think about check. I just wanted to get my divers back safely. Now remember, we are about half a kilometre down from Port Hacking, under the big cliffs. So I motor back towards Port Hacking and the sea's getting worse and worse. But it's a following sea, so it's not too bad for us. And finally we come into Port Hacking and I go right up to Gunnamatta Wharf and unload the divers. And then I realise my dog Sheck's not there. Now the storm is crazy. It's teeming rain. The wind is up over 60, 70 knots. There's no way in the world I can get that boat back down that coastline against a sea like that. No chance. And I knew that where I had anchored, that's where Sheck had gone in. And I'd seen where the anchor had dragged when I tried to get back to the boat and we could see the big long scurry, the big long groove in the sand where the anchor had dragged. So I knew what had happened, that the boat must have been pitching sideways before it hooked up again. And I knew where we were. There was no chance that Sheck could get up on that shore. He couldn't swim half a kilometre south against a sea like that and come in at Mali, and how would he possibly swim north in all that boiling water all the way back to Port Hacking? And he was faced with those big sandstone cliffs. I knew that I'd lost my dog, and I was absolutely gutted. And for you people that own or, or have owned dogs, you know how close you get to them. You just worship them. They become your best mate. And Sheck was my shadow. Wherever I was, Sheck was always there. And back at the dive shop for the next few weeks, often I'd put my hand down and of course he's not there. I wake up in the night and he's not there on the floor by my bed. It really, really upset me. I'd lost my best friend. And one day, I've been filling up scuba tanks. I had the compressor and all the airbank bottles and the back doors of the dive shop open. It was winter, but it was a nice sunny day. And I sat down in the chair, having a cup of tea, getting a bit of sun, and the old compressor's thumping away. And I just had my hand like that, just sort of flopped down. 
and I felt a wet muzzle in my hand. And I looked down and it was Shek. And I, I get emotional thinking about it. Somehow, that bloody dog, that mongrel of a thing, a real bitzer, made up of God knows how many different species, had come home. He must have swum south and come up on Marley Beach. And then he had to trek through the Royal National Park. And it took him a few weeks. His fur was all covered in burrs, his paws were cracked, his nose was bleeding. I don't know what he ate. And then when he got to Port Hacking, he would have had to swim across Port Hacking River to get to my dive shop. But he did it. Sheck had T-bone steaks for about a week. We took him to the vet straight up and we looked after him and he came good. Sheck lived to 17 years of age. He was in the front page of the paper when he did that amazing, amazing feat of getting home after being lost at sea. It's a wonderful story. I love that old dog. And I'll never forget the day when I put my hand down and I felt, felt that wet muzzle in my hand. I can't tell you how happy I was. Now, guys, if you like my stories, my podcasts, then please subscribe and ring that little notification bell. That way you'll always know when a new podcast is done. Now, next week is a rather interesting one because it goes back into my very early days and it showcases bullying. I was bullied so much. And the story is about how I got over that, how I managed to be brave enough and strong enough to get through those years and how the bullying actually made me a much better man and more capable of becoming the wildlife man that I am. It's an interesting story because I was literally saved and educated by a circus strongman, a man that taught me how to believe in the courage within a man that rebuilt my whole life.